0: Learn more at Marines. dot com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL America's fastest growing TV brand. Oh, it's fun, crazy. It's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Royce Unchained. All right, it is Royce Unchained. Patrick, how are you doing today? I am all right. I just finished a column for a Wednesday, so I'm happy.
1: Uh, Glenn Sonmore's 91st birthday. Middle of a pandemic, uh, of course, uh, he, he died five years ago, but, uh, one of the great, you, you didn't have that much opportunity to deal with him. You were a little younger, but you would have loved him. One of the great stories. And as I say in the column, the only thing better than Sandmore's storytelling were people telling stories about <laughs> Sanwar, which, uh, which is, uh, how this all came about. I was talking to Dave Froni, uh, who was Glenn's, student manager with the gopher hockey team way back in the late 60s, and then, uh, of course, worked with the fighting, was the PR guy for the Fighting Saints during those raucous years of the Fighting Saints. Somebody, by the way, we should do, and I think we're letting to pass here, the Fighting Saints, most playoff, a famous playoff series ever, Mm-hmm. was uh 74 against the houston arrows uh some fantastic brawls took place in that one and the in the uh you know when the in the arrows had all all the howe brothers the, the 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 fight the north stars were terrible so there was about a two-week period when the fighting saints actually owned the hockey market here and they had their first sellouts and everything like that and uh some great stories about that, but I didn't get into it. Did I mention the Harpo Fultz story before?
0: I don't know. That
1: uh, Harpo, you know, was their goon, goon of goons. He was in Snapshot, right? He, he was one of the characters, I think. Okay. And he, I think he was one of the actors in it. But Harpo and a guy named John Shella were in the uh, penalty box together, and basically Harry Neal, as stage coach, signaled to... Uh, Harpo to jump him when they got out of the box, you know, to beat the crap out of him. But, uh, you know, so they gave each of them five minutes or something, and Shell is like, why, I didn't do anything, he just jumped me. And Harpo said, no, nah, he wasn't. But then they found Harpo's sticks and gloves still in the penalty box. <laughs> he, didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't even, he didn't even bother to put his sticks and gloves out. So they said, okay, you're out of here, our poet. It doesn't seem like you came out of here with good intents to you didn't your stick or your gloves out of there. But anyway, I started telling a couple of sad stories, and I said, I'm going a lot of it. And uh, one, of, one of them, that did get in, but his favorite hockey player ever was Mike Antonovich, you know. Yep. Uh, he loved him as a golfer. He loved him as a saint. And
0: Anton, by his own
1: admission, wasn't much of a scholar. And, uh, in fact, Glenn's first wife, Marge, was basically Jan Kegelhoff before Jan ever, before we ever heard of Jan. I don't think Anton ever submitted a paper that wasn't written by uh, Marge Sonbar, and and he was almost a son to, the, to them. But uh, this was uh, the student manager, Dave Ferroni, and... and and Paul calls him up on, um on one morning and says, okay, let's go clean out the locker room. We gotta clean out the locker room. Uh, you know, cause the season's over and blah, blah, blah. We're clean out to make sure the locker's all empty. He says, Poof says, every locker was empty except Anton's. All his books were in
0: <laughs> there. hadn't
1: been moved all winter. Nice,
0: no need guys. for him No need for them to have a boy right? Bottom.
1: And the stories were so good, that one didn't even get in. So, uh, anyway, yeah, he had the books. And uh, I talked to Ant uh, a couple of days ago, and he was uh, making jokes about his own uh, academic. Uh, you know, the famous story on that is Glenn's trying to get him eligible. Because uh, remember, he had to get out of general, general college after two years. You know, you had to go they had to find a college to place you in somewhere at the university. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they couldn't find anyone to take topics. So his, his uh, academic, uh, you know, he was probably a D-plus or something, and none of the colleges would take him. And uh, and Glenn finally got him into the ag school, at, you know, at St. Paul. And apparently, Colesadmore always told the story that it was agricultural re- re- recreation, was what he got him into. Yeah. <laughs> and major And Anton's famous service line was, all I do, walk cows. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so anyway, <laughs> he used it downstairs. Sadler is was the world's really greatest storyteller, but the stories about Sadler are even funnier than the ones he told about other people. So anyway, it was uh, the, the the one nice thing about the pandemic is you can get away with writing talents like this out of the world. You know. Oh hell yeah! Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you're looking for, you're looking for the freebies, and uh, you know this is this could be a, you know Dave Ferroni. Uh, worked, uh, you know, he was with San Mar at the Gophers, and then he was with the Fighting Saints, and then he was at, and then he had forty years in auto racing, and uh, you know, he was at the, he was Herbie's guy at Lake Bluff in nineteen eighty, the old guy there. So, uh, and John Mariucci's his uncle. So, uh, oh, I didn't can, know that. Uh, he 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 could write a book. Yeah, he could write himself a book if he wanted to. So about the, the characters he's met, that's for sure.
0: Hey, so what What were the Fighting Saints like as far as how much during their, their uh, especially first existence, did they catch on?
1: Well, uh, it was the the, the old St. Paul, Minneapolis thing was still pretty vibrant then, and this was like St. Paul's attempt to, uh, you know, they're not going to let those SOPs have everything. So they built the Civic Center. And all they needed a tenant for it, and they, uh, the the WHA came along, and they you know what happened? The good fortune to them was that the North Stars went in the tank, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: the North Stars were it wasn't that when they started trading guys and bringing in you know making these lousy three for one trades just basically to see you know they could get Doug Rombo and guys like that. Yeah, wasn't that the yeah and. And right away, they, they, the, the Saints, their first half a year, I believe, which would have been 72-73, or was it 71-72, I don't And, uh, their first half a year they played in the old St. Paul Auditorium. And that didn't draw many people. They, they, they didn't catch on right away, but, 72, 73, they got some, you know, and they got that Shaky Walton who was the most dynamic player in town and Davy Keon they had for a while. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, not, not the Davy Keon that was a Hall of Famer if, I, if he was older by then, but uh, yeah, they were you know, just, just the size of the market. Uh, Those less urbanites that we see streaming into St. Paul to watch the wild, now they didn't make it over the other side, so, so you were on Basically, the East Side of Saint Paul, and that was never a, uh, you know, you couldn't charge big league in Saint Paul. That was that was one of the big problems, and ownership was always a problem because they they uh, they, they were never properly backed financially. There's some great stories about that too, but I
0: mean, in- including not, uh, in- including the scoop in the Saint Paul paper that kept getting yeah, you know, more yes, and more brief. Yeah,
1: the, get it. the teamsters, uh, the eight late teamsters were going to bail him out. And by the end, Charlie Holman's telling me, you got to pull that story. I'm like, to be killed. <laughs> anyway, but another I've heard this one before, but when the Saints, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the Sonmar, after a while, took to answer the phone, if you, if he, it was his private, you know, if he knew you were calling him and not, somebody important, but uh, he used to call them the folding saints, <laughs> and they had a little room there at the arena that they called the folding room, where they'd meet and discuss how they were going to make the next payroll, but uh, but the other thing in those years is, the, you know, Mike Lamey worked, this, worked there, worked this, and they'd distribute the checks, and it would be a sprint to the Western Bank to get <laughs> Like, the first ten people there would get their checks covered, and then the others, they didn't have enough money left in the account. But the the other legend is Marge had, this was when Glenn was drinking. I think he sobered up finally the last time in the 80s and became a big crusader. Mm -hmm. But Marge, they were under orders not to give Glenn his (laughs) check, to only hand it to Marge, the wife. Because Glenn couldn't be trusted with it. Oh, no. and, uh,
0: yeah. Once in, a while, once in a while, Glenn would
1: talk to guy into giving him the joke. Anyway, he was uh, he was he was hilarious. Uh, he managed to maintain his uh, uh, hilarity even after he became sober. So, which mm-hmm. is you know not not quite the same, but not quite as funny as he was when he was drinking. But I told you the story about the Luigi's when we're going across the street, and the, we're all rushing over to last call in the blizzard, and there's this guy reaching for the door that doesn't make it. He's faced out of the stone. We flip him over, and it's the GM of the fighting states, Glenn Saga. Yeah. We pick him up, we pick him up, take him in, put a couple of hot brandies in him, And, uh, then, uh, we take him up to the cap towers and feed him breakfast. About halfway through breakfast, he becomes coherent and starts telling us what a bunch of jerks we are for not giving the Saints more publicity. It was a Saint saint Paul paper. It was great. God, I love him. Oh, I love that guy. He was fantastic. But, well, uh, as, as you said, uh, old hockey guys, you can't beat them. People say, I'm not a hockey guy, but I'm an old hockey guy. I love those. I mean, Louis, God almighty. Louis, Louis is an all time character, and he likes to be in the top five for that group, you know, for those people. So it's, uh, it's grabbing Wook. Wook was, was probably our last link to the old time hockey guy, don't you think?
0: Yeah, probably.
1: You know, as far as yeah, a common, yeah. awful character that just was a goofball.
0: Unless yeah. there's yeah. like a high school type of guy now who's still mm-hmm. around, you're probably right. Woog's probably the last one. Yeah,
1: the last one with the, with the great sense of humor <laughs> and a little fails.
0: Well, you know,
1: well, like Wooger would take the they'd take a team bus to Holt, Michigan. That was his dad's name. That was his dad's name. And the dad and mom had always come along mm-hmm. on the bus. And like Mike Crowley, and those guys would make sure that dad had a 12 pack to, to drink on the way back from the local. You know, the players were like getting the beer for the, uh, you know, now, you know, the boys were the upperclassmen were having a beer on the bus. Crazy. Hell, it wouldn't have to be upper class, but now most of them are twenty one. So, but the bus on the beer—that would be a big. Sh- I mean, uh, beer on the bus yeah. would be a big scandal. The scandal. Today, it was just part of it. It was just a really a cult. It was a nice little cult of uh, the, all the parents knew each other, all the players. You know, it was, and the, the coaches were their buddies. And oh, Wanda—that was his mother, Wanda, I think. And uh, I was writing a piece about Wooger. When they retired his arena, and and they'd be up in this room, they'd you know like the parents that were on the road and everybody they'd go up to Wooger's little room up there, and he'd have drinks up there. And Luger comes walking in there after a game somewhere in Michigan Tech or some Duluth or someplace, and Wanda's sitting there. She says, "Louger." If you don't change that first line, you're going to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> mom, mom, is, mom is giving him hell for a slide, you know. Right? I don't think LaChiel's mom was ever giving him hell for uh,
0: No, a no, no. You don't think – no, yeah. I think you're probably right. i think
1: drinking, drinking beer in the Dodge room and, uh, you know, the parents unfortunately for him, he came along in the generation where the parents – We're all mad that you were keeping, you were preventing them from going to the NHL. So I don't think Wooger had that problem. He had, I'm sure, had a problem with some parents, but, you know, not, 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 it was a completely different uh, culture, as we'd say.
0: Who provides stories now? Like, who, I'm just trying to think in sports, who gives, who provides stories who's below the age of 60 now?
1: That's the trouble. You know, that is the trouble. Who's gonna uh you know you know, two may, but it's a different level of stuff. But uh you know, that it's who we don't well, one thing, you can't you can't there's not enough access now to be the planet you, know, you can kinda of overhear one and then pursue it, you know. Yep. You know, and sometimes they say don't write that and sometimes they do, but uh yeah, I don't know where they're coming from. Guardi is one of the, you know, he's the, one of the last vestiges of that, right? Rocco Rocco could tell you a hundred stories, but he's not going to.
0: No, he, no, no. And I'm, he has
1: stories. It. Every everybody who ever played the Byron league has stories. They just don't share them with you, you know. And there's less appetite for them, in, among readers too, don't you think? They want They want 280 characters. They don't want to.
0: Yeah, probably. They want stories,
1: you know. So. But, uh, yeah, that, that's – I mean, that was the – that's the greatest fun of, of of being a sports writer is when you get – when you – you know, when somebody starts telling stories about guys they've met on the way up or stuff like that or great incidents. I mean, this whole thing is based on the day that they're up in Duluth and – Somebody grabs Anton's stick, or Anton's stick or jersey or something, and Sondheim goes in the stands and doesn't get thrown out of game. <laughs> the game. fights with the loose fans, gets his shirt ripped off, coaches the rest of the game, and leaves the ice. You know? That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's, that's, you know, that's, you know, It's not as much fun as it used to be, that's for sure, because you don't get those stories. So we end up writing top 10 lists.
0: Do do you know who had that, but he came around at the wrong time as a coach? Boudreaux. If Boudreaux wanted to, he could have been great.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, and I think he probably still would be if you just sat out and BS with him for an hour, but it doesn't work that way. Right. you know, they give act There's so much media now that they give their access after practice, and you know, and you're not gonna just you know run into them or show up and talk to them for an hour. It's not about a topic, you know. It's you just yes. You know, one of the great last great yes sessions I had. well, not one of the last week but That was with children's in uh 07, when he was trying to change his image, you remember? After, cause 07, oh,
0: yeah. He, oh, yeah. And he, came
1: in and he, he came in, and he was going to be Lombardi, and then he got beat the hell. He had a bad, decent, you know, a bad year, and he got beat the hell. And, and I didn't really know him. I only knew him from press conferences and stuff, but he was having these media sessions with various people around town. He, he was going to give everybody an hour. Before training camp started, like in early July or something, and I went out there, and he started telling Mike White stories, <laughs> and they were fantastic. You know about you know, being a guard. It was it was old time, sit around BS with the coach stuff, talking about Mike, you know Mike White and uh, his creative recruiting that ended up getting banned for life. I <laughs> Oh, he got a big shot, yeah. But you know. They, but, uh, you know Chili was his, his, his grad assistant who was in charge of getting the vehicles down, making sure that the Hotshot uh, recruit got the right vehicle, and he, he let some guy get a purple T-top <laughs> Nissan XZ or something, and Mike White went nuts. You know, he wanted him to have, like, a six-year-old pickup.
0: <laughs> like good fellows when the guy shows up with the new car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing with that car? This guy, he shows
1: up. And, but Jilly <laughs> said he started in May, and by November he was talking to me on the oil committee. <laughs> you know, he was being interviewed as a grant assistant. And <laughs> he you know, I don't know. You had a good relationship for a while, for, with him for a while, and then it went, went south. But uh, I, I think he's – he's yeah. a lot of people think he's a bad guy. I don't think he's a bad guy. I, thought he, I think he's an okay guy.
0: Oh, I don't think he's a bad guy. No, yeah, so
1: no, I don't think he's a great coach, but he was he like all of me. He was paranoid, you know. Yeah, I—I so I talked to him the other day from. He uh, he he's, he's living. There. He's in Fort Myers now. He's got a well He's got a place down there, but he's—he uh, lives out here about now because he's got grandkids in the Twin Cities.
0: Is he still doing stuff for the Bears, or is that done? No, he's done. He says he's
1: officially yeah. retired. He's really.
0: Nice. Well, they made enough money the wills had to pay him off after they fired him because yeah. they had no extension,
1: yeah, yeah, oh, that's right. They did give him an extension yeah, they fired i'm him. always I'm always happy to see an NFL guy walk away with all the money could possibly get his hands so, so uh, our twelve black forces here uh what uh they got the ammunition to move up if they want to they?
0: oh yeah, if they want to. Rick ordinarily likes to move back, but they with twenty-two and twenty-five and five picks in the first three rounds, they definitely do.
1: Even though we've been advised by uh, cerebral uh, sports columnists not the draft what need, if you got a chance to move up ten spots and get the best offensive lineman in the draft, I don't know if there's a goal line, but if there is, go get
0: Oh, there's tackles. That's what they need. There's tackles. Huh? Pat. There's left tackles. There's tackles out there. Yeah, no, they Let's could. Go?
1: But go not get them because you can get receivers in the third round. Can't uh-huh. you know you you've already experimented with signing third string free agents and and later round draft choices on your offensive line, and it hasn't worked. Go get go get the best offensive line that you can get in this draft, and uh, because that that need is there's a lot more corner cornerbacks and there's endless receivers pulled.
0: Yeah, no, they could definitely if they if they wanted to go up, let's say to about I don't know eleven or twelve, they definitely could. I think without a problem. But yeah, yeah, well they got they they much, have to uh, tackle at some point.
1: What are the Trent Williams rumors? I saw a headline, but I didn't have time to go read it. What are, what are the rumors on him
0: now? Uh, it sounds like they might be dead because he's he's being I think Cleveland's involved in uh, negotiations, and it sounds like the Vikings were definitely talking to Washington about Williams, but that might be that might be dead. But that's been my guy. I'd go get him. He wants too much money. Or yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I think it's not the compensation that Washington would get back. I think it's the money that he wants. But he's 31. If I could plug him in for four years, I'd be perfectly happy. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, if you want to take a sanity, you got to follow oh, his cousins. 31, right? 30, cousins? 31?
0: 30-ish, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, you, you got to, you know, you can't give him a new contract and then not get him somebody who can, you know, keep, you know, the one thing you can't handle is pressure. Right.
0: And blindside because he can't feel on. it. That's what I keep saying. Yeah. Get him a left tackle. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: uh, that's uh, you know the the, uh, the sexy thing is receivers, but I don't think there's any way they draft a receiver in the first round, do you unless they. Well, might. here's
0: my question: If they do, are they going to throw him the football? Because that's why Diggs was pissed off.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Well, that won't be. Beckham rumor didn't last long, huh? That, that always seems silly.
0: <laughs> no, but, Pat, it was the greatest thing to happen to score north maybe oh, ever. Oh, God, yes. Did we run oh, with goodness. that sucker? And,
1: and, and it could light off a tremendous debate among the fans. Here's what I love. We're afraid to bring him in because he might disrupt the chemistry. What chemistry? This team has no Chemistry. Half of them hate the quarterback. Okay, they don't have any chemistry. You know, this old we don't want to disrupt the chemistry. They, you know, Zim is not a chemistry guy, is he? Um, Zim is a
0: hard-nosed old. Yeah, Zim's an old-school football guy. guy. They, don't,
1: they don't rely on chemistry,
0: but he don't want to throw they the football. Want. You know, he wants to run. He <laughs> yeah. wants Dalvin to run left, run right, and run up the middle. And uh, Dalvin is, uh, you know, they.
1: I think they gotta sign it, but they'll, they'll probably regret it. Tell get all you can right now. Yeah, you know, all all you can guaranteed right now, and it's that they're not gonna pay you much at the end. Don't worry about it, because it's uh, it's gonna be uh, they're gonna let you go after three after they use you up in three more years, they're gonna let you go anyway.
0: When do you think they're starting training camp? What's your guess, or the season for that matter? <sighs>
1: I don't know, I was optimistic when I talked to you guys yesterday on the the Rami with uh i uh I now after reading everything today, I'm less optimistic.
0: well we're opening we're opening some southern states while their numbers are spiking, so I don't know that's a good idea,, yes, yes,
1: yeah, oh my God, we're just gonna worry about yeah that that is uh you know. That, that's uh, we should instead of stopping trying to keep keep people coming here from uh, Mexico and China, we could should start trying to keep them coming here from Texas and Florida and uh, and uh, You know those guys are going to be uh... yeah. yeah it's uh, it is really it's weird, weird uh, what the heck's going on, but I don't have any guess. But I would... when when are they supposed to start? They won't have many camps, but they are... I bet they start. I I bet by the end of July they can practice. Here's the thing. What are they going to do? Well, I mean, are they going to have to have less, you know, you can't play football with with six feet of spacing, so I know that's what makes it impossible.
0: This this is why you can play golf. Golf is realistic.
1: Yeah. You know, it is, huh?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: You can if you want to play uh, golf and only let five thousand people in. By the way, did you see uh, Susan Slusher's piece on, uh, in the San Francisco Chronicle? No. About catcher. About catchers. No. And Suzuki was one of the guys quoted. You know this whole. You know this whole pandemic thing and blah blah blah. blah. Suzuki says, "Do you know how many times in a game a catcher gets?" On. Oh, <laughs> you know, he had twenty. You know, basically he was talking about, you know, they're just, you know, they're just germ collectors, catcher, because all oh, caught was spitting and kicking dirt and, you know, with, you know, chewing, and uh, it was it's pretty good piece on the. Uh, what are you going to do in the post pandemic to keep catchers from, you know, having, you know, guys who've had the virus.
0: Get on them, you know, so. Electronic catchers, it, Pat. It, it, Not just it, it, electronic yeah. umpires. We'll develop electronic catcher.
1: Good, good idea. Good
0: thing. I've got the ball here. Is it back to you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. Can they, uh, can they turn around and look at the umpire if they're going to do the call or the electronic umpire? I don't know if they can do that. I don't know. What the hell. We. None of us know anything. We can correct. To, uh, offer opinions, but none of us have any. Idea, what the hell's going
0: on? All right, you got any final thoughts before we wrap it up here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I once again, missed the Jordan, did we have a Jordan episode last night? No, no, it's TV? every it's every Sunday, ten hours, two hours a night for the next four weeks now to get up to the ten, and then we had six million people watch it. Huh? Wow! Well, they're listen, it is a ba- Genius to release it now. They had to do it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, there's no doubt about it, but. Uh... People seem agitated about this. I'm not. I'm just not that interested. Okay. All right. I said that
0: to you guys yesterday. Yep. So I'm not that interested. Did you want it? Yeah, it was good. It's good stuff. Okay. But I'm also very, but, very bored. Well, that's. I have nothing else true, to. I literally not. have nothing to do right now. I told Don no, I'm doing uh, two hours of TV time. That was it. <laughs> Tell me this.
1: I guess I got to go ahead, But what? How are we covering the draft? The media.
0: Um, I mean, are the Viking, Vikings going to put them on Zoom or something? It, you know what? I haven't seen the plan yet. That's a really good question. I I don't know. My guess is that they'll zoom they'll zoom the beat writers and columnists probably, and do something wow. post first round with Spielman and them. That's my guess. My only Yeah, it's uh,
1: you know what? the world is. Just look how much locker room, clubhouse access and stuff will They'll They're going to use this as a great excuse to keep us out of the clubhouse's locker rooms, I you that. You are correct. I mean, for years, years on, for years, yep. not just most of this year. Yep. Years on, the honeymoon's over. We don't have any storytellers, and we can't, and if we did, we could be in there to listen to the stories. So, underground. All
0: right. All right. Thank you, Patrick. We weren't
1: very unchained today. We
0: were just telling stories. Good All stories right. are better. I'll talk to you later. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Phil Mackey for Federated Mutual Insurance Company, and Federated is here to give business owners out there peace of mind. You pour your life and energy into a business, and the last thing you want is for something to happen that puts you on the defense, and that's where Federated comes in. Based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience, In standing behind business owners. If you're a business owner and you want some more peace of mind, go to federatedinsurance.com to find out more about your local federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's their business to protect yours. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner fishing boats, South Bay pontoons powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz.